Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Dedicated to event planning for over 20 years, Lori Ann Serna takes pride in providing customized services to each of her clients. Lori Ann and the team at The Wife of the Party along with sister company Happen, strive to produce creative celebrations and weddings that boast a flair all their own. They are known for creating some of the most memorable events for some of the biggest names in Hollywood, providing full service design and execution, including DJ services, innovative photo booth choices, as well as unique entertainment talent. As an event producer who not only helps to set out some new trends, Lori Ann remains excited to work with her talented peers, always in search for the most valuable ways to bring event vendors together. The wife of the party team also donates their time and expertise to assist with charity events and local school fundraisers. Lori Ann was raised in South Pasadena, California, and when not busy creating memorable events for others, She relishes time spent with her husband and her daughters. So without further ado, this is Lori Ann Serna. Hello, hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. And today I have a lovely soul, beautiful, kind, so generous. She's very busy, and you're going to know that in a minute how busy she is. Her name is Lori Ann Serna, and she's an event planner producer. She's an extraordinary woman. She is super involved in Hollywood. And we're going to get into that uh, very shortly. But before I really wanted her to come in, welcome her. And uh, for you all amigas out there who want to be in the event planning space, who are very creative, this is for you, amigas. Mm -hmm. She is freaking amazing. I'm so glad that I have this opportunity to have her in front of me and so that we're going to discuss everything about her how it all started and where she's at and where she's heading 
So without further ado, this is Lori Ann. Welcome, Lori Ann. Thank you so Hello. much for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So excited to speak today and have some wonderful girl chat and get into all the fun stuff with you. So thank you very much for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. It is super my pleasure. So Lori Ann, oh my goodness. So I know that you were born in and raised in Pasadena, California. Mm-hmm. And we have audience all over the world listening to this podcast. So why don't you let us know, what is your family background? I mean, it's, uh, I know you were born here in California, but where are your fam- where's your parents from? Where- because you have a Spanish surname. So I'm wondering, I'm like, are you Latina? Because, you know, a lot of Latinas listen to my podcast, but... Also, we have other cultures and ethnic backgrounds. Listening. Of course. No, I, I am. My parents are mixed. My mom is Caucasian and my father is Caucasian and Mexican. I was raised mostly by my mom. So I grew up in, actually in South Pasadena and she was a single mom and she remarried when I was in fourth grade. And I think there was a lot of really great things that came out of that. I think one of the biggest things that kind of drives me is the way that my mom always had to work two jobs and communicated that to me from a very young age. So without realizing how that impacted me, it was a big factor for me in terms of always doing more, working harder, working more, and then becoming a young mother myself, not having any other option. It was like from the get-go, this is how my mom did it, and this is how I'm going to do it. So I was raised mostly by my mom's family. And later in life, I was very lucky enough to still have my aunt on my dad's side around and my grandma and grandpa G who were amazing and wonderful um, to me until she, they passed away. So they, we've definitely had part of my dad's family in my life, but again, it was mostly my mom that raised me and I'm very, very thankful for her. And we stayed here the whole time, always born and raised, always in this area. So it's kind of everything that I knew for a very long time. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. So you were saying about your mom being a single mom working two jobs and mm-hmm. and um, you seeing this every day. Because I know that as a working mom, it's like we are constantly thinking, oh, my God, our kids are alone or, or they're being raised by other people. And how did that work with you? Like, you know, your mom is a single mom. Who raised you at home while she was well, her, one of her best friends helped me a ton. And then, and as I mentioned, she remarried, but my mom always had my grandma and grandpa that helped as well. And they helped me or they, I stayed weekends with them for, I mean, a lot because she worked at night. She worked in a restaurant and during the day she worked at the department of water and power. So I have very, really fond memories of them. And my grandmother was a historian. So it was really neat just learning a lot about the city that we grew up in. We all went to the same high school and my grandfather was in the fire department. So there was a really, it was, it was a fun time growing up. I never would have known anything different. And it wasn't until I was older that it was different. That was just my normalcy, right? Like it was, it was just different because it was what was normal for me and not for someone else, but it worked. And I think that's also impactful because for me, even though I'm not a single mother and, you know, Herrick and I are married and have our children, it takes a village. (laughs) So it's okay to ask for help. And that's what I do all the time. And it's not just one person that helps us after COVID happened. Veronica, our nanny, help. And I, when we went, came back to work, I needed all the help. So it was kind of like, okay, whatever family member can jump in, our older daughters jumping in, you know, Veronica jumping in every now and then takes the village. And we just had, 
to kind of get past worrying about those things. I couldn't have the mom guilt. I just had to be like, you know what, this is what I'm doing because I'm doing this all for them. So, you know, yeah, yeah, no, I know. And it, and I can see, you know, I know that the mom guilt can happen, but at the same time, it's like, it's, I read a statistic that, uh, when you have little girls and they see the, the um, mom working, that is a huge influence in their lives. And, oh, that's, sure. and, and that they become more self-starters, mm-hmm. right? And uh, wanting to emulate that in their lives as well. So that's probably broth flow to you, my lady. It makes them well-rounded. And, you know, there are times like currently Luca, our youngest, gives me a really hard time when I have to leave. And to be fair, you know, she sees me, we have a, we have a luxury of having our own schedule so we can work around things like school performances and all that. But again, going back to COVID this year has been, it's just taken such a toll on everybody, especially the young ones who missed some of that cognitive learning and some of that socialization and just things that we really took for granted with our other children. Um, And it kind of reformatted for me in my mind how I want to raise her and what I want around her and what programs I want her to be involved with. So I think all positives came out of it. But for those very few months, it was just really, really weird for lack of a better word. I bet. I bet. And, you know, I know my daughter. Oh, my God. I'm so happy she's going to school now. (laughs) Me too. Frankie's back at school. And I'm so it's just exhale, right? Breath of fresh air because believe me, oh my God, having her on that laptop or that, that Zoom every day. All day. All day. And then you can't really go out to play because you can't be around your, your friends. So that's another craziness. And we still have to work, you know, you still have to work from home. So right. I, think, I think families did an incredible job of getting through that and Coming out of it, it just is all looking brighter, bigger, brighter, and better right now. And I couldn't be happier to see these functions and these schools doing things, even if it's just in a smaller fashion. It just makes me feel so good for all of these young students that need the love and support from people outside their family. Exactly. Exactly, amiga. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. Now, you are freaking creative. I've seen your work, I mean, online, obviously, because I haven't gone to an event, but you are really creative. And where does that creativity come from? You know, I honestly don't know. It's, I think that, you know, we all have strengths and weaknesses and there's some things that we're great at and others that we're not. I'm not creative in any capacity when it comes to like my personal style or even at home. I'm very much a minimalist, which is very funny because in my designs for work, I'm very, very over the top. I think part of it is creativity from always having to come from a frugal standpoint and be reasonable with money. I've always celebrated my children and I've always tried to go above and beyond for my family. So when I was younger and didn't have as much money to do some of the things that I wanted, I mean, is there ever enough? I don't know that there's ever enough money, right? To do the things you want, but I always wanted to be quite grand. And so I had to be creative as far as how I was going to make that happen. And I think that that gave me a different perspective and helped me to think outside of the box. So as our business grew, I just kept taking that to another level. And I kept that mindset so that when I had a budget from somebody, I could really give them a full package celebration versus this is only what you're going to get with that and not be able to complete it. And it's just how my mind works now, you know, it it just comes to me. And there's some wonderful resources out there that, of course, always help scrolling through Pinterest or Instagram. You see something and it just kind of sparks something in you. But I think it's the same thing like anyone, like a chef who cooks and just has that ability. Some people really, really have that. And that's something that I admire in them. 
So I think it's just some really random gift that I was born with and I have an amazing creative team that works with me. So we have an opportunity to bounce ideas off of one another. We whiteboard all the time. We communicate all the time and it helps to expand my mind and ideas that I wouldn't have thought about as well. So, you know, it's. Did you also do events as a little girl? Like, did were you like the person that said, mommy, I think this would look better if you put the, the. Oh, all the time. All the time. Yes. That was me. And I mean, when we, I remember there was, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to cook a big fancy dinner, but I wanted a dinner party. And so we had like spaghetti dinner parties and stuff, but it didn't matter because I think that, you know, when you're together, togetherness invokes a feeling. And that's kind of the core in my business is, you know, we celebrate people. That's what our tagline is. And it's true. And a lot of the things that I put into mind or place into these designs are meant to invoke a feeling and give people an experience. And that doesn't always have to mean that it's a high budget ticket item. You know, it's, it just means it's how you're surrounding them, how they're sitting, you know, what they're eating on, like just little things that make it a little bit different or make it special. And what makes something special to one person doesn't make it special to someone else. So it's kind of just an opportunity to listen to the people that are hiring us, really listen to their likes and don't likes. I always ask them what they don't like first, you know, so we get that out of the way and then just kind of, looking after what they want to do and kind of thinking about it, writing it down and just coming up with something and hoping that they love it. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, believe me, the things that I've seen online, I'm like, Oh my God, how can you not love this? It is so beautiful. And you've worked with major players, like major celebrities. I remember I saw that uh, you worked with the oldest child, the Kardashians. Courtney. Courtney, yes, Courtney. Yes. And um, with her, what was it, the little pink? It was pretty little pink. Pretty little pink. And I'm like, oh my God, how, how do you even conjure that? <laughs> Amigas, you got to go online and check this out if you are, you don't already know. But it's just that was a really fun campaign. We wrapped a bus, a, two, a double-decker bus, and to get the campaign message out, we completely changed the outside of the nightclub with custom fabricated letters that glowed so that they could see them. We did this massive rose tunnel with a florist. It was a really, really fun project. That was about four years ago. Oh my God. Now, how did that happen? Like, how do you get these people? Like, hey, I mean, I know that, you know, when you start off in a business, like any regular business, you start off small. But there must have been a point where it was like your name was so out there with the celebrities. Like, how did that come about? Well, it's a relationship thing. And I talk about this frequently. And it's also a message that I pass along to my children. You meet someone with whatever industry, you're an attorney and someone has a great experience with you or you're a doctor and someone feels comfortable with you. It references and people speaking is what really works. It's what does it. So the way that you leave them feeling is the way that they're going to speak of you and being mindful of that is top priority for me. You know, we met Umar, the owner of Pretty Little Thing from a mutual friend and that mutual friend I met from us donating services to something for a charity. And it was something that was important to me. We really didn't have a lot of extra money to do it, but I wanted to do it. So we did. And from there, it stemmed an opportunity because she said, you did this for me and I'm going to do this for you. And then somebody saw our work and it kind of went from there. 
after that, as we started dealing with celebrities and I want to add in there, we still do a lot of really like we do school dances and community things and normal things as well. Our, our, our portfolio is everything, right? But you know, there's just like anything, there's a lot of trust that comes with those responsibilities. There's a lot of information now in a world where we live, everyone wants to post everything. And trust me, there's some things that I really want to share with the world that I can't, that we do. And I need to remember that this is our business and not just a social media business. It's a platform for talking about your business, but being respectful to proprietary information and people's safety is important. And a lot of the teams on these celebrity-driven teams run together or know each other well or call each other for favors, just like we do as amigas or moms or anybody else, right? Hey, I need something. Do you know someone? Oh, great. You know, that's pretty much how it goes for everyone. So one just led to another and another and... Some management companies manage several people across the board. So if you have an established relationship with them, it's always helpful. And it just kind of grew over time that way. Wow. Oh, my God. So you do charity events as well. You're heavily involved in that. And the budget, I'm sure, I mean, because it is a charity. Are you the person that also tries to locate vendors that will do things for free? It depends. So it's a very fine line, you know, when you're dealing with non-for-profit and some I do like, for example, this week or well, next week, we're helping a school out that wasn't able to have a prom or a grad party and it's being funded by the ticket sales and by the parents themselves. So we're actually donating a ton of services and many vendors that I reached out to all agreed to come on board. But I don't typically do that or ask them for free because there's a lot of things that are involved with that. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest is labor. And this isn't something that anybody would understand if you've never been explained. Right. So I can do something for free. Absolutely. And I can donate lighting and sound and stage, but my team can't work for free. And legally, I we do everything right. And that's one of the messages that I talk about. I always remind people, you have to be careful. We live in Los Angeles. We live in California. You need to protect yourself. You need to protect your staff, but also I don't know what kind of financial place someone is in to ask them. So I will usually say, you know, this is the budget that I have, or here's what we're working with, or what do you think you can do with this and position it that way. Oftentimes, if it's a charity or something we're donating to school or the nonprofit will already have people who are donors or participating and will come in and work alongside them. So it just all, it just all depends, but there are certain circumstances where um, I will ask and it just all depends on what it is and if it makes sense for everybody all the way around. Wow. Yeah. No, I can imagine. I mean, I know sometimes, you know, as a professional, they, they ask you, well, can you do an appearance for free? And as an attorney, it's like, whoa, there's a lot of at play here. Like you can't just use your license to support this person. Obviously you want to support, but at the same time, you got to be careful. Yeah. I want to help everybody, but I have to be careful. (laughs) I completely understand. And I'm sure a lot of amigas, you know, who work in the industry of of, a business or where you have a, a hard cost, you know, there's true hard cost. You may want to help out and be willing to discount, but you can't eat the cost of food for 300 people. You know, in our case, it's a little different because most of the things that we have here, we do design and fabricate, but we 
own lighting and sound and things like that that people need and can fun you know a school dance it helps them a lot and it's it doesn't impact me too often but again it just comes back to labor so in a case like yours or with people in the service industry um you know time is still money and it doesn't mean that you're not guided by a great moral compass or that you don't want to do good but how you choose to donate and do good is completely up to you as a woman and business owner and how i choose to do good is up to me and a business owner as a woman and business owner and we can do it together a lot of it a little but either way it's still your decision and i think that that's important when people try to you know push for it you you can decide it's your time and time is money yeah yeah absolutely totally agree with you oh my god you are just such a blessing I swear (laughs) thank you I I'm a nervous wreck I don't do these very often podcasts make me nervous zooms I really don't like to speak publicly I've done it once for a, a planner organization where there were a lot of students but it freaks me out a little bit. So this is kind of good for my personal growth every time to move past it also and hope that I'm passing along some information that's valuable to people that take the time to listen and support you. you know? Yeah, truly valuable. You know, Amiga, I can honestly say that every episode that I have produced, everyone has said it's been amazing because there's a nugget that the person who's on the other side listening to that's like, wow, game changer. And what you're telling us today is like, oh my God, like you said something, togetherness involves a feeling, a feeling, and it's true, right? That's what you're doing. You are, you are invoking a feeling with these, with these uh, parties, with these events. And, and that's amazing. Now, where else do you invoke a feeling besides your business? Oh, at home for sure. Home is home is my is really where my heart is. And I, uh, sorry, somebody just walked in. I love to be home. I love to cook. Like I love to cook and entertain. That is definitely something that I enjoy. And so there for sure. And I think in my friendships, I'm an only child. So in my friendships, I try to do that as well. It's I think just kind of about your presence and delivering some consistency all the way through with everything that you do, you know, but that I would say at home for sure, being a mother and a wife is my greatest achievement. And it really drives everything else that we do. And for anyone that doesn't know, we are a family owned business. So I work with my husband. I actually, Natalia, our 21 year old daughter works here too. She just walked into the office, which is what I heard. And there's a lot of great things that come with that. And a lot of family arguments that come with that, as you can imagine, but home is still where my heart is. So now I'm kind of wearing it in both places, home at work and home at home. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a village. You said that from the, on, from the beginning of the interview, sure. it takes a village. Absolutely. And I understand that because my family, they, they own businesses and I grew up actually working in the family business in the restaurants. And I remember as a little girl, I would have to, you know, because we didn't have nannies, if you will, but we would go to the restaurant and I remember they'd have to work so late that uh, sometimes we'd find ourselves in the restroom falling asleep, you know? So, so it, it, it takes a village. You got to do what you got to do. It's a long time to, to have a nanny and have help. And part of the reason that I didn't reach out was I felt guilty. And part of it was me thinking, well, what do I need that for? I don't need that. They're my children. You know, we chose to have them. But the reality is, I think the weight that is on us now, you know, and with how fast the world is moving and the responsibilities of anyone that has to deal with any kind of correspondence, right? Or admin work. If you're in sales, whether you like it or not, you need to respond and be readily available. And if you don't, they're going to look for someone else. And so there's that weight on your shoulders. And I always want to be the first one in the office and the last one to leave because it's how I like to work. 
So when it starts running to six, seven o'clock at night, sometimes it's like, okay, Lori, you need to reevaluate. Are you doing your family a service? Are you doing yourself a service? It's okay to get some help. So then I just worked a little harder to make sure we could have someone help us. And it was a win all the way around. But I keep going back to it. Like during COVID, it really taught us how much we can push ourselves, but also how nice it is to have the help again once we were able to kind of reopen a little bit and extend some further support in business and at home. Yes, absolutely. You mentioned about COVID. Now, I know that gatherings were hit there the hardest, the hardest. Mm-hmm. Very scary for us. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit of what happened for you guys as, at the wife of the party and um, how well, we, we had to lay off some people like, like most industries did. And I think, you know, if you look back, even if you look back on your social posts, you know, on Facebook, how it says, show you from a day before or, or a year before what your memories were. No one could have ever predicted how we all would have been impacted across the board. I mean, and events were something that were always going on. Someone's always getting married. Someone was always celebrating a birthday and for them to come to a complete halt, aside from the obvious things that it slowed down, you know, the cooks, the dishwashers, I mean, it, so many jobs for us. One of the things that we do have under our umbrellas, we do a lot of branding and influencer seating which is putting the brand in the hands of people that have influence to obviously, you know, get it out there, post about it. Not always big celebrities or big influencers. It was, they call them macro influencers where they're smaller numbers in their social media followings. And then they're growing as they grow, the brand grows with them. That became a very big thing. So during COVID, we were doing a lot of the packages at home and wellness kits that we were sending. And we kind of pivoted in that direction to help these brands still get their products out there, do digital virtual experiences, digital virtual DJ sessions. We did that with BH Cosmetics. We did a lot of fundraising with my friend Gina Sapanta and Mike Alder, their attorneys, uh, personal injury attorneys, and they were raising money for the hospitals. So for every viewer, they were donating a dollar up to $25,000 per week. And then it became $50,000 and my husband was DJing for that just to still let people see us. And that goes into a separate message, which is no matter what you're doing, I always tell people, you have to talk about it and you need to let them see you. So even if you're not a big social, social media person, be consistent because consistency speaks volumes, you know? So we did a lot of that. And then we took some time to kind of, I think it was one full month where it was real quiet and kind of eerie. And then it was like, you know, let's revamp the website. Let's work on categorizing things on the back end that we never get time to do. Let's clean up some of our templates for weddings and, you know, X, Y, Z. And so I gave the girls as much work as I could. And I was able to keep them on the entire time after that. But we still have a very large overhead, you know, the warehouse and the trucks and the workman's comp. So uh, my husband and I really didn't take a paycheck for the entire time. Now that things are opening back up and we're working, we couldn't be happier. We're very busy, but, you know, moving forward. Um, And we just found a lot of busy work in small projects. And small projects are also what leads to big projects. They don't all have to be large scale. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I completely agree with you because it's like, like you said before, it's like the connection that you have with someone may lead you to something else, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people, they'll tell you, this isn't a big deal, but you know, we have this gala next year or, and it really does happen. And most of our clients have been with us for many, many years. We've gone from doing their bridal shower to the wedding, to the baby shower, to the first birthday. And all those people work at places and, you know, it's word of mouth. And that is a really big win for us. And I'm thankful for those ongoing relationships, growing with these people, seeing them, over and over and being able to service them, knowing how they like things done and being able to facilitate those responsibilities for them. 
Oh, that's so gorgeous. So beautiful to hear this because, you know, it's those relationships, literally, it's those relationships yep. that keep you afloat and keep, keep you sane <laughs> because yes. this, this entire year has been the most craziest year, but at the same time, the most blessed year because yes. it's allowed us to really, really live a life of intention. For as, sure. Right? That we maybe wouldn't have ever in our lifetime had an opportunity to have. And I, I'm reminded by that constantly. I would have never had that much time to spend with my three-year-old, you know, ever. I mean, the, the older kids had more of me because I was younger and had less responsibility, but she wouldn't have had that from mom or dad. So what a blessing. I mean, truly, I, I can't, there's a lot of horrible things that happened during COVID. I'm not discounting that in any way. I mean, there was a lot of loss and a lot of lives lost and all of those things. And I'm not grateful for any of those things at all. Of course, I just want to be clear, you know, but if we had to take the experience and make something positive of it, I'm thankful for exactly what you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, I always say, I'm like, I know there's a lot of people out there who have suffered and continue to suffer, but at the same time, it's like, let's look at the bright side of it all. You know, our planet. Yeah, a lot of people yes. did incredible. They did incredible work together. The way that people moved so quickly to work together and help one another within the community. You know, seeing people like I don't have food on these on these posts, and somebody saying I'm going to drop some off to you or support your local restaurants. The amount of support that people really pulled together for me was touching. Because what would have happened if that didn't happen? We didn't even know we we're capable of some of that compassion. And without that compassion, you don't have a lot of the success. So people really cultivated new relationships throughout, I think, as a neighbor, as a community, as business, you know, all of it. Yes, absolutely, my friend. So, Amiga, right before I let go my guests, I always ask one or two tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the first part is to speak it out loud. Like, hey, this is what I need to do today. I need to wake up and handle my shit (laughs) because that's... (laughs) And it's funny, today is a perfect example of that. My girl surprised me and had a surprise birthday party for me here in the office last night. It was amazing. My team, it was wonderful. It's your birthday. It was Saturday and and we worked. Everybody had to work. So they had this huge party here for me and vendors came together and it was wonderful. And I am not hungover today. I was very smart about it, (laughs) but I was tired. And I had a bunch of admin work to catch up on because they kicked me out of the office yesterday and it was one of those mornings where I was sitting there at five in the morning, tossing and turning. And it was like kind of a Lori, get up and handle your shit. Just get up, get the stuff off your mind, get the emails out, and then just get past it. I think that, you know, not procrastinating and just putting forth what you need to do every day. It sounds so much easier than it is, but make your lists and get it done. I'm a list checker. I have to physically have a, a, a written list, even though we use a lot of software to help us. I just need to write things down and get it done. And it's like my personal little nag to myself. I've got post-its all over the place, everywhere. Yeah, girl, I'm old school. I got to write everything down. Yes. You know, the the days of of, of putting it in your iPhone or I do it, but I really don't like doing it. (laughs) I don't, I have to see it. And it's funny. I wish you could see in our office, I'm sitting in our conference room, but I mean, I've got writing on every whiteboard and it's sideways and it's, it's upside down, but to handle your shit, you really have to be able to know how you work best. And I think that sometimes we're misguided or misled to do things the way someone else wants us to do them. And at work and everything, of course, there's superiors and people that you need to 
we're all in different industries, right? It would never work if we just went off and did our own thing. But as an entrepreneur, you have to figure out what works and know what doesn't work and then handle it from there. And I honestly think that's just starting with the basics. And I also think if you want to handle your shit well and even better, you need to learn from opportunities and make sure that you're always doing what you say so that it makes it a lot easier to handle it later on when you have things that you need to get done. You know, that's a big thing that's important. And even for me, I do get busy and I try to keep up with things and I'll miss something every now and then because we do. And it makes me feel terrible. And then it makes me reevaluate how to handle that better so that next time that does not happen again. You know, whether it's a missed phone call, missed opportunity, it's just important to always have a process and help you handle it. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, girl, girl. <laughs> I love that. Right. Handling it all the time. For sure. And I, I love that, that you're old school, like me writing notes, yeah. putting post-its like that's, you should see what I do. My husband gets all crazy because I'm like, what's all this paper? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, me too. My daughter, she can't stand it. Like, let me write you a list. You know, when you're going to the store and she's like, mom, just text it to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, but then if you don't write it down and you, you don't cross it up, you might miss something. And <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I so love that. I love, love, love. And speak it out loud. Whatever you're going to do, speak it out loud. Handle it. Oh, love these tips. Thank you so much, amiga. And I mean, I love the wife of the party. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, this girl is handling it for sure. I mean, <laughs> With a lot of help handling it. <laughs> a lot of really great girls here that help every oh. single day. I'm excited. So I'm, I'm truly blessed and honored that you're here. You took the time to, to speak with me and give us all your tools, all your hacks in regards to what you do and, and any woman amiga out there who is interested in party planning. Is there a site that they can look you up so that they can get inspiration? Maybe and I hope we find inspiration. I love that. We're working on our Pinterest creator page right now so that we can share a lot of our work with a different audience because it's not necessarily one particular audience, but um, you can find us at www.thewifeoftheparty.com. So there's a the in front of it. Um, and on Instagram, we're just at wife of the party. Um, and my email is hello at the wife of the party.com. And I always encourage people if they have a question to email me. I do try... We do get a lot of emails and I try to get back to all of them. Last night for my party, there was a planner. Her name is Corey. And several years ago, I was about four years ago, she asked for me to have coffee with her. And I was really slammed, but I thought how amazing because I wish that I would have had someone to answer questions for me that I didn't even know that I had yet. So I made time, sat down. She came and sat with me and had a list of 10 questions that she was already ready for me, which A, made me feel valued because she valued my time and was excited to talk. Um, and I have followed and supported her ever since. And she showed up last night, drove from Irvine, brought flowers and just told us all the good news about her business and how that conversation, you know, sparked her to not be afraid to ask questions. And I think that is also a really big aspect of handling your shit. Don't be afraid to ask. If somebody doesn't get back to you, big deal. And it's not necessarily personal. So don't take it that way. You know, there's a lot of collaborations right now. I think now is the best time to be different. Now is the best time to ask the questions. Now it's more accepted than ever. And there's enough work for all of us to go around. So sometimes it's a really simple question that can have a really big impactful answer. 
Um, and I'm happy to share any information or resources that I can with anyone that has questions. So if it's within my scope, I'm really happy to respond. I am terrible on DMs. I'm not going to lie. Email <laughs> is my preferred method. I know it's old school, but it keeps me organized. What happens if something happens to my phone and I can't get back to you? And yeah, you know. Right. But, yes, exactly. I always say, I'm like, okay, what about if they take down Facebook and they take down right. yeah. At least you got your emails. <laughs> yes, exactly. Going back to old school is a good school. <laughs> Let me tell exactly. you. Consistency. Consistency. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. So much. I am so happy to have you here. And I know Amiga's out there. Please, please go check her out. She's amazing. She is a celebrity herself because, I mean, everybody goes to her for the party. So check out the wife of the party. I love, love, love this conversation. And thank you so much, Lorianne. To, for being here with us. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.